listening to the Crude Audacity Podcast, the podcast that talks shop, shit, and strategy for oil, energy, and politics. Here's your host, Catherine Mills. Welcome back, folks, to the Crude Audacity Podcast, the podcast that talks shop, shit, and, of course, all things strategy for oil, energy, and politics. Today's segment... Who killed grandma? Before we jump into that, let's just start off by saying that it is infuriating that the media and leftist citizens for over four years proclaimed that everything Trump or his administration did or said were absolutely founded in lies and white supremacy. It is infuriating that these same entitled individuals either justify or refuse to acknowledge that at any point the Biden administration lies like the plague. The administration lies routinely and repeatedly, and it's all on that circle back camera. So you wonder why the MAGA movement is still growing, and you wonder why the idea of unity was ever considered to be anything more than absolutely BS. One of the Biden administration's favorite lies is COVID. As we know, we catch him constantly lying. From vaccine design to production plans to even distribution, he and Harris claim that nothing that has happened happened before him until he stepped on the scene. And that is just not accurate. We have documentation. We have nightly news that can disprove these claims constantly. It is documented, false, and intentionally misleading statements. So why are you still confused, left? Why, left-wing media, that the American citizen is on to you and doesn't give a damn about the narrative you're trying to push for Harris and Biden? With over 65% of COVID victims coming from nursing homes or long-term care facilities, we have been repeatedly told by the experts, by officials, to trust the experts, trust the leadership. But where did that land us? We went as far down as calls for double masking and then the claim that there would be no end in sight, even with vaccines. All, again, additional lies for nothing more than control. All of those proclamations, those recommendations had more negative respiratory consequences than positive impacts. Schools remaining closed, not due to facts, not due to the CDC data, but due to the Biden administration agreeing for bailouts for teachers unions. And we saw that day before yesterday when he signed the $1.9 trillion, uh, what's it called, wish list? It's not a relief fund. Uh, wealth redistribution. Yeah, that that's what it's called, people. Now, I still maintain that school closures were and still are, for those that are still closed, the most racist, classist, and socioeconomical devastation to hit the U.S. and the rest of the world in history. A, a decision that every blue state, blue governor, elected official voting to maintain those closures, going actively against the science, those all should result in removals of office and jailings in some cases. But let's check in on the numbers, shall we? I just pulled these, so forgive me if I'm slightly behind, but total cases look to be about 29 million. We've had about 530,000 deaths. California is still reigning, you know, the COVID king with 54,000 deaths. 
Uh, New York's slowly behind, 48. Texas is about 45, 46. Florida looks to be around the 30s. Pennsylvania, 25, it looks like. Um, And then New Jersey, all the way down to Georgia, anywhere between 23,000 deaths down to about 17,000 deaths, 16,000 deaths. You know, none of those are great. They're not all blue. Um, But distinct differences in how states chose to mitigate the virus itself. Did they let the cure become worse than the virus or did they push forth mandates that resulted in more extreme death cases than probably necessary? So these numbers, although dramatically uh, falling, which is excellent and not to be taken lightly by any means, but these numbers have the entire nation pushing back and asking who killed grandma. So let's go back and remember. Let's go back when Trump pushed the decisions for closures back onto the governors. And (laughs) given the hysteria of the media and the challenges from the omniscient lunatic liberals, I think it was a brilliant move on Trump's part. Trump said to the nation, fine, you want to call me incompetent? You want to challenge the data to fit the narrative? You want to jump on all of the scary forecasts that really haven't been sorted out? out yet. You want to play into this hysteria? Okay, governors. All right. Your state, your constituents, your choice. This is why states like Florida made the decision to stay open. And states like New York made the decision to go their way. It's not working out too good now, is it? But here's the thing. I don't really care what anyone chooses to believe about COVID. That, that's your own choice. I, for one, fully believe that the cure was far worse than the disease. But regardless, what I do care about are the successes and the failures of each state. The lessons learned, if you will. And that falls directly back on the governing bodies, the governors themselves, and the decrees that have come straight from their mouths. What were the consequences? All right, y'all, I am going to take a minute and tell you about my company, Crude Media Inc. Crude Media is the creative agency dedicated to building marketing strategies based off of quantifiable data. Now, I know that many of us are looking for our next opportunity, looking to build our existing business unit, or heck, looking to build a personal brand within our industry. Did you know that a well-executed marketing strategy is one of the most crucial elements to successful growth? But here's the dirty little secret. You need a strategy based on data. And it's true. Partnering with the right strategist not only helps you build your footprint and generate new leads, but they can help you identify areas of opportunity within your existing plan so that you can continue to build lines of revenue and exceed your goals. If you are ready to turn your ideas into energy, connect with us at Crude Media Inc. Check us out on Facebook today. Now, As you know, the media needed to go ahead and sacrifice someone else, right? Trump is gone. He's a citizen down in Florida. Um, We need to maintain the boring Biden uh, facade. So who do we sacrifice in order to settle the increasing pushback from the public on where the fault with COVID actually lies? So let's start with New York. Everyone's favorite Cuomo, media darling. (laughs) The governor who intentionally pushed politics over science, but no one called him on his BS. He was sitting there loving the nightly news and he was being praised by leftists around. He went as far as to claim that he did not believe the science. He didn't trust the experts over his own opinion. 
When I say experts in air quotes, uh, it sounds like I'm saying I don't really trust the experts because I don't. Because I don't. Now, as you all know, Cuomo has gained national attention because of COVID for his decisions throughout the pandemic, his hate of Trump and his ever constant battles with the mayor of New York City itself, Bill de Blasio. The media went as far as to praise Cuomo's strategy on COVID. I mean, (laughs) he was interviewed by everyone and really, really obviously loved the fame. I mean, that's the one thing, once you get a taste of it, you don't want to give it up. But as citizens began to speak up about all the shady back-end mathematical discrepancies produced by the state of New York, they were chastised. They were mocked, shunned, for even stating a narrative different than the one that good old Andy was pushing. Now, as most know, in March 2020, (laughs) as lockdowns began, we were still in the throes of what exactly is COVID? I mean, how relevant is it? What are we going to believe? And having little knowledge of the virus and still deciphering our most vulnerable, good old Andy dictated an order that required nursing homes to readmit patients having already known to tested positive with COVID. From a medical standpoint, not that I am a doctor, but let's talk common sense here, people. This makes absolutely no sense. You do not place a person with the flu in a closed facility with all other healthy patients. And when I say closed facility, I mean something as dramatic as a closed room. This process is almost a guaranteed way to ensure that a healthy patient will catch said flu. Not everyone in the room or the facility will catch it, but those with compromised systems will catch the flu. I mean, we know this to be true. It's the same thing with the common cold. And to think of COVID any differently was moronic because that is exactly what happened. Those with compromised systems caught some version of COVID much faster than those without. If you remember, we were told nightly about the lack of PPE provided by oil and gas, FYI. The strain on hospital resources. The news went as far to show bodies being removed after COVID-related death. And that was heartbreaking to watch. But let's not forget the stress on nurses, doctors, and other hospital staff. I mean, it was chaos. And everybody was focused on New York. Don't forget that entering the medical profession is not a light decision. You don't do it because you get summers off, you know. But again, all eyes focused on New York because that is where the media wanted to push this defeat of the virus narrative. And Cuomo loved it. The whole narrative that the Democrats were prevailing because it's a blue state, right? The problem is, is that this focus, this intense focus has since uncovered one of the most vile scandals in American history. Due to Cuomo's nightly blame game and his ever-public bickerings with Mayor de Blasio, um, Trump decided to send in the big guns to back up the New York devastation, as he should have. That being the floating hospital, the Comfort. Now, if you remember, this ship was ready to roll, fully stocked, corona be damned, but it only saw 179 patients. Did you realize that was the lowest number? And at first, they were not admitting COVID patients onto the ship. Trump did say, if we need to open it to COVID, we will open it to COVID. I mean, if the hospitals truly become overwhelmed, 
That's why I sent it. And Cuomo argued and bickered and bitched the entire time. Somewhere between him and Trump and the bipartisan blame game, the comfort headed back to Virginia for another assignment, as it should have. I mean, that was just utterly ridiculous. Use the resource or stop bitching. I mean, Como went as far to mock Trump for even sending the ship, but the back end says that he is the one who personally requested it, saying that New York or claiming that New York did not need help from an incompetent Republican. I mean, meanwhile, the numbers were being skewed and the hospitals and ventilators were, according to the news, the accounts were surging. And we all remember this, right? Where it started to get weird was when New York reported that, unlike any other state, who were seeing something over 35% of deaths coming coming directly out of nursing homes or long-term care facilities or those with compromised you know, immune systems. New York was only reporting about 7,000 total deaths at the time from long-term care nursing home facilities. I mean, that's weird, right? How in the world was the virus attacking the elderly and those with extreme pre-existing conditions everywhere else, but not in New York? So you know, jump ahead maybe two or three months. By this time, going through the chain of events, the entire world knew that COVID targeted the aging population. At this point, after the departure of the comfort, everyone was well aware, okay, well aware that we needed to protect our most vulnerable. Conspiracy theories even evolved um, as to why, and they're still circulating. I can't say I completely disagree with them. I don't know how much is true, but conspiracy theories were explaining why China would release this virus. Be it accidentally or intentionally, it is very much the Wuhan virus. Why would this happen, right? So as it went, one of the theories, which isn't that far off, is that the the Chinese culture, if you will, um, doesn't always happen, but it, it's indoctrinated into their culture. When your elderly stop working, you're supposed to take them in, you're supposed to help take care of them and provide for them as they provided for you when you were younger. You know, families taking care of families. In theory, it's great. In reality, it doesn't happen all that often over there. But that I think the current percent of population for those over 60 in China is somewhere around 12%. But in the next three years, it is expected, wait, in the next four years, it is expected to jump well over 30%. And that is a huge economical burden, especially for families. So in a country that has a history of population control and many humanitarian infractions, and actually many, many levels of population control, it was not far-fetched to put the two and two together to determine that this attack on the elderly, this targeting of the elderly that the COVID virus seems to have, may have been a way for China to help control its population. The problem is, be it accidentally or intentionally, it got out of hand and the entire world had to suffer. When is China going to suffer? When are we going to get back at them? Maybe when we get a president who didn't take all that money. <laughs> and despite this, the media and self-proclaimed elites of the Democratic Party, even Cuomo himself, touted the success of New York nightly. I mean, does anyone else think that Don Lemon of CNN realizes what an epic fool he is? Or he's just a mouthpiece. I mean, some of the stuff he says, I try and watch him every once in a while, and God, it's a waste of minutes. So now, all the drama, right? 
It has been the fall of the golden calf. The unmasking of New York began in early January 2021. And yes, we endured almost for an entirely full year the ridiculous rhetoric touting the godlike wonder that is Andrew Cuomo. In fact, if you just did a little bit of research, you would find out that Cuomo, he's less than a star student. He is greatly disliked by almost everyone up in New York, at least the upper echelons of the Democratic Party. He got in because of his daddy, and he does not in any fashion really represent the general public of New York. And he's actually known more for threats and intimidation and now sexual harassment than this seemingly unparalleled leadership pushed by Don Lemon and other fools on the left wing media. And and the reality is, is in short, is Cuomo is a giant C word. And no, I will not say that word. You know, no one in the Democratic Party had any intention of questioning Cuomo or his numbers until the attorney general, Miss Lolita James, began to report on the New York nursing home fiasco, claiming that nursing home deaths were underreported by a minimum of something along the lines of 55%. And that's that really wasn't surprising on her part. I don't really know what her motivation was there because, well, we'll find out soon, right? Because, mo- I mean, if you think about it, most attorney generals do have their eye on the, the governor positions. And I'm guessing that Miss James saw some vulnerability there because she was in the boardroom. <laughs> so where are we now, right? This has all resulted in a call for resignation. Uh, from the health commissioner, who is Howard Zucker. There have been lawsuits filed against the Department of Health in New York. It, it's What is being uncovered is one giant cover-up. In addition to all of this, new legislation has been introduced to protect nursing homes and other long-term care facilities. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty, ain't it? I mean, you do not have to be a doctor to realize the destruction that came from this Democratic state order. And somehow... <laughs> Somehow we just, in response to it, we're protecting the elderly. I mean, it is obvious that Democratic leaders think that the general public and the citizens of New York are just plain out stupid. That I mean, that is exactly, you should not take it for anything less than that. So how did we get to where we are now? Yes, the attorney general started prying into it. She probably saw an opportunity, but it has escalated. And I mean, the dramatics behind the uncovering of the cover-up have escalated to the point where Cuomo has even proclaimed in the last week that if you want me out, you have to impeach me. Because do not forget that Dems don't like to relinquish power. You know, never waste a good crisis. Never get rid of fame. Because if you get rid of fame, if you're no longer in the public eye, then you're no longer useful. And Democrats dispose of those who are not useful. Just look at what they did to Bill Clinton. He ain't nobody now. So the uncovering, right? There are receipts. And you should all be aware that you mind your paper trails, your digital fingerprint, because it's everywhere. One of Cuomo's top aides, the top aide, really, DeRosa. Okay, she was in a meeting with the upper echelons of the Democratic Party throughout New York, and they were caught in transcripts that were accidentally leaked. Seems really convenient, right? Always accidentally leaked, um, stating that they were concerned that Trump and his administration were pushing the 
call for a federal investigation into the nursing home deaths within New York because the numbers just didn't add up. And how are you going to hide the data? How were they going to hide the data? How are they going to be careful, right? So have you ever heard that phrase, the guilty dog barks the loudest? Somewhere, even before the transcripts get released, right, another aide of Cuomo's uh, tweets out, I think his name was Rich, I think it's as a party, I don't know, no one important, but he does make a fatal mistake in tweeting out just at the very threat of Trump digging in to the nursing home deaths. The Trump administration is in the midst of a politically motivated effort to blame Democratic states for COVID deaths. Uh, It's Democratic policy that decided to keep nursing homes fully open and thus compromising our most vulnerable. So, yeah. But okay, so this starts happening because there are receipts and because it was released. It was essentially an admission that they will cooperate uh, to a certain extent, but take their sweet time cooperating to hide evidence, essentially. A quote came out from the New York GOP chairman, Nick Langworthy, and I think he put it pretty well. He said, the second most powerful person in the state government, the top aide to Governor Cuomo, admitted on transcripts and in video to a predetermined and willful violation of state laws and what clearly amounted to a federal obstruction of justice to hide the real data numbers, to hide the real death count, thus resulting in Andrew Cuomo violating the office of the governor. The only option moving forward is prosecution and impeachment, and that discussion must happen right away. Following that, there has been an emergency request by Republicans representing the state of New York to immediately strip Cuomo of his emergency powers. Now, giving anyone emergency powers is a very dangerous, dangerous step because nobody likes to give up their power, right? And history has taught us that those with some sort of induced emergency power, it has to be taken from them. And Cuomo following history to a T, is unwilling to give up his emergency powers until the end of the investigation. In fact, his Cuomo club is doing their best to find someone else to sacrifice. But ho, 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 people coming out of the woodwork. Here's the thing. Is it Cuomo? Just nursing homes right now. Is it Cuomo or his administration who should be held accountable for the New York cover-up and fatal decision of the nursing homes? Hmm. So before all other allegations started coming uh, coming to surface nothing that anybody has been really all that surprised by but Cuomo's justification for the miscounts and misrepresentation of nursing home deaths was that he did not want to double count the deaths um he was perfectly fine denouncing health officials appearing in the media each night and you know claiming that New York is just unique we are survivors it's an outlier don't follow the data (laughs) That's his justification for avoiding the truth, for stepping up and saying that his policy, his pushed policy, his mandate cost New York thousands of lives. And the reality is, is at this point, no one knows the true number of deaths because his team, his DeRosa and the rest of them, are willingly taking their sweet time to release data. And that's probably because they needed to skew it in some diff- some way or another. I mean, why would you take your sweet time if you have nothing to hide, right? And that's how bad it is. The Democrats have worked to cover up yet another scandal, but 
one thing is for sure, the media has found a new target, and it is Cuomo. And as Cuomo is down, the threats, the bullying, the extreme sexual harassment have come to light. And you know what the reality is, is that Cuomo is no longer useful. So although it took quite a bit of time for anyone in the Democratic Party to believe her, to believe any woman who claims that one of their golden children have committed sort any sort of infraction. And for the record, I actually, I don't think anyone should be believed right off of the bat. I think due process is a very important thing and should not be taken lightly. But I think those who commit infractions in the sexual harassment, I think the punishments need to be far worse. The consequences need to be far worse. So it's interesting, isn't it, that the Democrats only believe her when it fits their narrative. They took their sweet time. I mean, even the AOC squad took about a month before they started speaking up. And now that Cuomo is vulnerable, now that he's no longer useful to the Democratic Party, now that Nancy's turning a blind eye and, you know, nobody really knows what's happening at the White House. I mean, circle back, can't even figure it out. But they're willing to let him fall to to what? To hide the rest of it? To hide the rest of the infractions? Because people, five states required, five states, all being Democratic, required that nursing homes take COVID positive patients. That was a Democratic mandate, not a Republican one. And as you all know now, Cuomo is fighting to keep his pedestal and the investigation is going forward. Not for the nursing homes, really, though, except for a few Republican senators out there who are pushing for it. No, the the investigation going forward is the sexual harassment, right? I mean, the White House can't even get their story straight on how to handle this, this downfall of their golden calf. It went as far as Andrew Cuomo claiming that he'll he'll allow a third party investigation, but then he recommended all his friends, all the people who owe him stuff. I don't actually think this guy has friends to do the investigation. And the Republicans were like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> we know who you're in bed with. It's funny how the sacrifice of Andrew Cuomo is quickly providing a distraction to the full investigation of who killed grandma. I don't think the American public are unaware this downfall of Cuomo is uh, is allowed to happen purely for the cover-up of the COVID crisis. So we will see what, what happens to New York. But Moving on, because there are five other states, y'all, in this whole scandal. But you don't really hear about them. Rachel Lillian Levine, the Assistant Secretary of Health um, um, for Pennsylvania. And formerly, formerly a man, <laughs> as stated by the Biden administration, Dr. Levine will bring the steady leadership and essential expertise we need to get the people through the pandemic. Hmm. Praised by the Biden administration for the sake of checking a transgender box, then added as the assistant secretary of health, when in fact this guy is purely responsible for the implementation of the nursing home policy. The same disastrous policies seen in New York that forced nursing homes to take in COVID positive patients, as in our most vulnerable demographic again, was intentionally exposed and then isolated during the peak of COVID when we actually knew what was going on. This was never retracted, FYI. They held strong to this mandate. But here's the best part. Due to a little insider trading, 
Dr. Levine, if you remember the huge scandal, he, before he dictated that all nursing homes be required to take COVID positive patients, he took his 95 year old mother out of a long term care facility and put her up in a fancy ass hotel and then left thousands more to die because your grandmother, your mother, your sister, your great grandfather, what have you, they don't matter to him. That is just the narrative. We are the Democrats. We are going to sit there and push a policy. No matter how disastrous, we're going to hold firm. We aren't backing down for this one because the person who needs to fall is Trump. Meanwhile, they are still nightly having to sacrifice Cuomo. So yeah, people, the spike in Pennsylvania deaths is directly correlated to Levine's policies, her dictated, mandated policies. If you look at the nursing home deaths, and it's really sad, actually, very similar to what we're seeing with the data cover up in New York. But in many cases, patient information or public patient information, it has been redacted. Like I said, another cover up hiding the chaos created by good old Dr. Levine, the man who is a eating specialist, right? Why does that have to do with infectious diseases? Even after all of these events, the Biden administration, because they needed to check a box, right? They sent out praising words for this guy's healthcare accomplishments, making uh, making the statement that equality first, because why waste a good trans- transgender? You know, if it's a doctor, we can put him up there. He's great. He's qualified. No, he wasn't qualified. In fact, his track record is tarnished. (laughs) Again, they don't care about track record. Track record be damned because having a transgender as the assistant secretary of health is more important than the fight against COVID. So here's my question. I don't really give a crap about the transgender thing. Was this guy worthy of his job? Because I don't think he was. I don't think anything that I've read on him has indicated that he was the best fit. I think he checked a box. And I think that the nightly news does not focus on anything outside of the transgender because the minute that someone questions a transgender person, you become a sexist, a racist, a bigot, something along those lines. Not the fact that they created policy and pushed forth policy that killed thousands deserves prosecution. So the reality is, is at this point, Pennsylvania has had over 25,000 confirmed COVID related deaths. And that word related. I really hate that word related. It it has allowed so many loopholes. It's basically how you lie with statistics, right? The only words that should apply to headcounts throughout the COVID crisis should be the words with and from. They are very, very transparent words. You either died with it or you died from it. When data is released, those words make it trackable and transparent. But no, we can't go that way, right? Where did good old Levine's policies land Pennsylvania in terms of successful intervention? Um, They're in the top five for the most deaths by state. It's pretty terrible. Per capita by state, whichever way you want to say, it didn't land them anywhere. Landed them at the bottom. The justification for this decision is that it was an effort to alleviate hospital burdens, right? Because not every state can have the same narrative. But here's the thing, people. If you dig into it, at no point were hospitals documented to be overwhelmed in Pennsylvania. I mean, not even remotely considered at at any given point 
most of the hospitals in the states never reported more than 15% of available beds were utilized. So why issue such a mandate? Why was that necessary? Okay. If most of the hospitals are claiming that they never really saw more than 15% occupancy, what were you actually, what were you trying to solve? Especially when you knew that you were exposing and compromising your state's most vulnerable people. Because at that time, they knew this was not a surprise. The last remaining of the greatest generation that ever lived in this, this wonderful country that is the U.S. of A., these are the truest patriots. They have survived multiple wars, recessions, the Depression, food shortages, petroleum shortages. They have been to war multiple times. Some cases, I mean, like I said, some cases they're still alive from the Great Depression. We've compromised our greatest generation, the ones we owe the most to. So why implement a policy that knowingly compromised them? And I say knowingly because why else would you remove your mother? I mean, that's the plain, that's the pot calling the kettle black right there. That is, that is the incriminating evidence. You knew it was bad policy. You knew more than you're letting on. And then you removed your mother from that situation. Why was his mother's life any more valuable than anyone else's? Pennsylvania is a blue state. And don't forget that Pennsylvania actually did release some prisoners there to avoid a prison outbreak. So if if the previous argument doesn't land, you let prisoners go to avoid a COVID outbreak within the prisons. But then you mandated that nursing homes take COVID positive patients back in. In fact, at many points throughout the scandal, the death rate in Pennsylvania was considered to be 65 to 70 percent concentrated in nursing homes. This decision by Levine and his staff was a death sentence. But did the woke doctor do anything to reverse course at any point understanding the impacts of this decision? No, no, nothing was nothing was taken back. Kept on going. Had to hold firm. Correction be damned. And the press would have you believe, again, that any criticism of Levine's decisions were are founded in racism against tra- the transgender populace. Because how could a woke doctor be wrong? Next up, Michigan. <laughs> Another Democratic disaster. Run by the ever-popular Gretchen Whitmire. Yes, yet another state to implement the disastrous nursing home policy. I mean, people, do you really think, just like, just a side tangent right here, we have five Democratic states who implemented this policy, and they all seem to be have leadership that are just constantly in the limelight. So do you, do you really think that the policy they came up with to keep nursing homes from saying we need to protect our residents, do you think that they each individually came up with this policy on their own? Or do you think that just maybe, maybe, maybe it was pushed on them because they wanted to band together no matter the cost. There was a Democratic narrative. The Democrats were going to beat COVID. And that, that is the justification for this disastrous policy. I always say in the nightly news, you know, don't follow the bouncing ball. Cuomo right now is the bouncing ball. I haven't heard anyone talking about Whitmire. I hadn't heard anyone talking about Levine pushing this. Nope, nope. Cuomo and his sexual harassment which is going to take quite a while to sort out, unfortunately. But now, now, don't look at these other states who implemented the same policy. 
Now, we've had some new developments in Michigan. Again, more cover-up. It's, it is kind of interesting. Uh, tell me what you think about this. The former director of health for Michigan, Robert Gordon, uh, left in a very scandalous manner earlier this year in January. But the conditions of his departure, typically you can figure this stuff out, but the conditions here, they are not known for this public figure helping to advise on the COVID crisis. In fact, most of it is not disclosed, except that we know that he had a $155,000 bailout, a.k.a. hush money, provided upon his departure. Now, if you look back, Gordon said many times, and he should have watched his mouth because... He got canceled. <laughs> that he had no clue exactly how many deaths in Michigan were nursing home related and that the numbers being reported he had no confidence in. Um bad. <laughs> um compromising the United Front there, buddy. And now poof. He gone. Weird, right? So weird. When asked about it, good old Gretchen she said, well, this is just the way things happen sometimes. Hmm. I guess so. Now, all of you are probably thinking, ugh, this isn't just, you know, happening in Democratic states. What about Florida? What about Texas? Their numbers are really high, too. Well, yeah, but they shut down differently. Here's the thing, people. They didn't implement a policy that forced nursing homes to take COVID-positive pos patients. Argue all you want. That was an implemented policy by five states. Florida remained decided to remain open. Texas shut down in various ways, as you know, but I, Texas has obviously had enough. Florida really is the, the contradiction to the Democratic narrative. Because they continued on. Because they said, you know what? Our constituents are able to monitor their own risk. They, Florida decided not to shut down. They let adults be adults and monitor their own risk. And remember, Florida is called the blue hair burial ground of the United States of America for a reason. All right. It's literally where people go to retire and a lot of them die. So the argument is that by remaining open, they actually had less deaths than the Democratic states. They did not completely destroy their economy and their death rate is not as prevalent. Hmm. But they still have a, a aging population that really outweighs almost every other state. Hmm. They don't fit the narrative. Must need to cancel someone here. Because of this decision, Ron DeSantis, single-handedly, he was able to prove that shutdowns were not really effective. They didn't really do anything. And now he is a potential frontrunner for a 2024 presidency. He'd actually probably be bloody brilliant at it. And although he has faced mass criticism over his response, his state is, in comparison, thriving. In fact, his, his unemployment is only 6.1%, and that's not great, but it sure as hell beats 8.2% or 8.9% as seen in New York and California. Look, people lost their jobs. You had to shut down. You didn't have to to end everyone's life. You could have let them make their own decisions. And now I can hear every Brenda in the United States throwing an absolute fit by how dare I praise Florida. Mm. But here's the thing, do you get it? It's not that Florida was a success in death counts. No, 
Florida didn't let the disease become worse than the cure. And that's why Florida gets to win. That's why they get to become the model citizen. That's why they break the narrative. Again, it is not downplaying the deaths that have happened. It is not in any way claiming that the rate of transfer of COVID is anything short of aggressive. But it is saying that because of data, because we were able to wait it out, because we let adults make their own decisions, right? The justification for shutting down the United States was not justified. Plain and simple. It was a control tactic. Speaking of control tactics, everyone's favorite little Fauci. (laughs) This man needs to be fired. For everyone that claims that they hate government institutions and they hate long-term politics and they need term limits, this man has been in the federal government since the 1980s. And when it comes to COVID, he has shifted his position at every turning point because (laughs) why not maintain control? This is the most notoriety he's gotten in like 20 years. He even went as far to say that we would not be able to demask and we should not trust the results of the vaccines despite what we're being told for their effectiveness really well into 2022. Why do you think that's happening? Because he and the administration, the current administration, are just hellbent on maintaining control of the citizens. The reality is, is that transmission rates, uh, new cases, and even deaths are dropping like stones. And that is excellent. But Fauci has repeatedly been incorrect about his evaluations and forecast, and he played the hysteria card to a nine, which is why we saw the hostilities between him and Trump. Look, don't gaslight people with something this serious until there's a reason to gaslight them. And he wants to keep you away from your life, similar to how Harris and Biden, Pelosi and Schumer They want you to stay home. They want you on the government teat. And you know what happens there? The poor get poorer and only a few get richer. And they want to make damn sure that they are the few. Okay, and and say you're wrong, right? Say, Say I'm wrong. Say Fauci's just being extra cautious. If that's the case, then why are we all getting vaccinated? If there is really no end in sight, then what is the justification for the vaccine? Because he's said that even getting the vaccine isn't worth it. It might not result in anything. Are you are you kidding me? Is the vaccine even real? I mean, that this type of rhetoric has literally led to the notion that it's a placebo vaccine. If we've learned anything throughout the COVID pandemic, it's that the Democratic leadership loves the camera. And <laughs> as long as they're being interviewed and get to talk about their uncertainty and we're being told to trust the leadership and trust the experts, they get to stay on TV. I mean, at this point, I still think it's over one third of the military are unwilling to get the the vaccine because of Fauci's rhetoric. That is that is a huge rejection rate. We're seeing it in minority communities. We're seeing it across the African-American community and can't really blame them there, right? Why would you willingly let the government put a needle in your arm and then give you a tracking card, right? I mean, hell, to this day, I've never gotten a flu shot. I don't like needles. Anything that's being passed out by the government or really pushed by Bill Gates, oddly, oddly pushed by Bill Gates, I can't say that I'm willing to jump on board for. Skepticism first, trust later. You have to earn my trust and you've done nothing to do that. No unity here. That's such bullshit. At a certain point, you have to realize that 
the, all the jumping around, the moving goalposts, they can't keep their story straight because they simply want to control you. Fear. Fear controls very easily. Will there ever be a point where there's a zero transmission rate? No. It, guys, the flu is still there, even though you haven't really seen it. The flu is still there. H1N1 is still there. Zika is still there. SARS is still there. Realize, again, the Democratic Party, they want the spotlight. They want the control. And Fauci and his team have been wrong, just in a nutshell, have been wrong at about every point of this disease, uh, of this crisis. The intention is fear-mongering. And Fauci should be fired. Now, I'm going to say that at this point, if you do not agree with that, if you do not even see an inkling of that, you are a moron. But that is okay because it is free country and you are allowed to be stupid. <laughs> I just find it interesting that all of this data that we supposedly have tracked to a T, again, because we wanted to get control of this virus, we wanted to defeat it, America wanted to be the winner. I am surprised that this highly tracked and detailed data is so difficult with all of it. It is so difficult to be easily transparent about the numbers across any of these Democratic states in question. Hmm. Maybe it's because of the attorney general's probe or the Republicans calling for accountability, or maybe it's because the Dems don't want you to know how bad they did, how much of an infraction these Democratic blue leaderships, because Trump pushed it back on them. Remember, not the federal government's problem. They claim nightly that Trump was failing, that the federal government's failing, that the White House was failing. They don't want you to see this easily, easily transparent data because they do not want you to know how badly the Democrats did. So I think in conclusion of today's episode, um, the Democrats killed grandma because of their ridiculous, disastrous, such against common sense policies. And somehow, somehow the media and these leftist citizens, they still want you to believe that it's Trump's fault, that it is the conservative movement's fault, that it is the MAGA fault. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had on this one, but it is amazing. It is amazing how, despite these facts, th these are facts that if they feel... <laughs> Very AOC here. If they feel that it was a Republican's fault, it must be a Republican or a conservative's policy fault. Mm, nope. Nope. Didn't happen there. Happened in a blue state. So I am done. I'm done with this topic. It is disgusting. It is obvious. And it is incriminating. Why these five governors and <laughs> this woke doctor are not wrapped up in massive, massive lawsuits and trial, it is beyond me. And the one who is undergoing his fall from fame, Mr. Cuomo, is only because the Dems no longer need him, because they need to sacrifice someone, because he is no longer useful. So they are disposing of him. Let him take the attention, take the fall. Let him burn so Pelosi can maintain her youth. Anyway. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I would really like to hear everyone's thoughts on the accountability that should be happening across states that implemented this disastrous nursing home and long-term care policy. I am appalled that there were no 
policies in place that would protect facilities like this that would not allow emergency powers to infringe upon the rights of our greatest generation and our elderly citizens. You know, we owe them a lot. Not all of them are great, but we owe that generation a lot because of them. Generations like mine and below are really the definition of first world problems. I mean, we have to actively go out and find something to be offended by. That's how good of a life these elderly generations made for us. I'm internally grateful and I hope to high heaven that accountability and justice is served. It is time for the new GOP to rise because as you know, the constitutional conservatives, the Bible-beating conservatives, and then the rhinos, our party is broken. The only way that justice happens and accountability happens is that this new conservative movement, this rising of the GOP, you find your voice, you stand on your own two feet, you stand on your platform, and you be unafraid and unapologetic. And that's hard to do right now. I mean, students are afraid to say that they support capitalism because they are afraid that it will keep them from getting into a good college. It is heartbreaking that one stupid tweet from maybe when you were 14 years old or going to a college party could end your job prospects and say they happened 10 years ago. The only way to fight that, the only way to keep fighting to make, and the only way to make a difference is to keep fighting and to stand up and to find your voice. And anyone in the conservative movement who is looking for a way to do that, please reach out to me. I am happy to help in any fashion possible. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please go ahead and leave me a five-star rate and review on Apple and YouTube. And please share this episode all over Facebook. I mean, seriously, put it in every group and inbox you possibly can. Hearing from y'all, seeing all of your engagement, it means the world to me. And it means that the rise of the new GOP is happening because people are ready to stand up against those that think that they are our leaders. Never forget that those elected work for us, not the other way around. That is it for today. Until next time, give them hell. That is it for today. And until next time, give them hell.